Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome to another edition of Wiffle's Press Box Podcast. This week, I'm joined by the one and only... Okay, one and not so one. <laughs> Jerry Tapp, great to have you with us again this week, Jerry. Thank you, Gary. The NFL draft is right around the corner. It's going to be Thursday night, and it's just going to be a very, very intriguing draft, maybe one of the most intriguing drafts we've had in years. And, you know, it's a very quarterback-rich draft. There's going to be a ton of really good quarterbacks near the top of the first round, and, and there's some even good quarterbacks that could go in the second, third, and fourth round. But this is the year of the draft quarterback. But before we delve into that, I want to talk about the Green Bay Packers and their first round pick. And for once in a long time, they have a real opportunity to select a big time player. And now the question is, at what position do they want to pick this big time player? I look at their needs and I'll tell you what, they could use a defensive back, they could use a safety, they could use an outside linebacker. They could use a offensive tackle and watch. Now they'll take a quarterback, you know, because <laughs> he is the best player on the on the, on the board. And uh, you know, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? And uh, Brian Gutekunst's first draft as the new Packers general manager. But if I had my druthers, Jerry, I would take an outside linebacker, somebody who I think could be a tremendously impactful player right off the bat, Tremaine Edmonds. You know, the question is, will he be there? When the Packers pick, I have some doubts about that. I think most people believe that he'll go before that. But I talked to a front office executive for an AFC team last week, and he thought Edmonds was one of the top five players in the entire draft. Now, if that's the feelings among his colleagues, the Packers have no chance in heaven of getting him. But having said that, if he starts to fall, let's say theoretically he's available at eight or nine or ten, I'm good at coins. I'm on the phone making a deal. But now this is me personally because I, I think so much of this guy. Mm-hmm. What, what's your take on uh, some of their options? I, I think if you look at the Packers' draft history, the one thing you notice is the last six years, the first player that they've selected has been a defensive player. Wow. Whether it was the first round, second round, whatever. The yeah. first player they selected was a defensive player. So I don't see the Packers deviating from that. I think they're going to choose a defensive player. The second part of that is I think they're looking for somebody who has to be a playmaker, either somebody who is a defensive and who can rush or an outside linebacker who can rush or maybe a cornerback or safety. The thing that I think works to the Packers' advantage is there's a lot of good players, especially on the defensive side. Yes. But if you look at the teams ahead of them in the draft, a lot of them need offensive players, and a lot of them need quarterbacks. So you could see a lot of these really good defensive players kind of slowly but surely work their way down to that 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 pick, which the Packers have. I'll just throw out three names for you. I've looked at some of the mock drafts over the last Uh uh, couple of days. The names that seem to come up for the Packers, Harold Landry, an edge rusher from Boston College. There's an outside linebacker, Marcus Davenport from Texas 
San Antonio. There, there's a lot of people on that Marcus Davenport. Right. I mean, I, I know ESPN, for instance, has penciled him in there for a long time. So I don't know if they got yeah. some good info. And, and he is projected to go in that round. Right. But. And then I think the other one is the cornerback, Denzel Ward, from Ohio State. Those are the three picks that I saw that seem to come up most frequently for the Packers at that number 14 pick. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, you know, people think, hey, they need a defense back. Well, Denzel Ward, according to this AFC executive I talked to, could possibly be there. And, you know, talk to some other people, they all agree that it would be hard to pass on him, okay? Yeah. But there's some other nice cornerbacks. Mike Hughes of Central Florida and, and uh, Josh Jackson of Iowa, I, I think they got to be of interest. The other, you mentioned Landry and Edmonds, my guy. Mm-hmm. Watch, the Bears will take him. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I'll tell you what. If I couldn't get Edmonds, I would go for an offensive tackle. And the guy, like, I don't think he's going to be a superstar by any stretch. He'll probably never be a Pro Bowl player. But I think he's just really solid football player. And that's McGlinchey from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And everybody's kind of projecting him in that mid-first-round pick. Right. Now, I understand the Packers brought in Connor uh, Williams from Texas recently. Mm-hmm. And, and he's a massive player. And the bottom line is, you know, it's not going to be a sexy pick. No. But you got to protect number 12. Right. Do you want to go into the season, you know, wondering who your right tackle is going to be and if your right tackle is going to be healthy or not? But I think the other thing you notice, again, about the Packers' history is they have a tendency to spend a lot of attention in the first part of the draft on defensive players. They start drafting offensive players the second half of the draft. I think their philosophy seems to be we can get people to fill positions at that number three, number four, five, the sixth round picks. And we want to focus the first couple rounds on defensive players, more of those name players. So that seems to be the philosophy, whether they'll stick with that, who knows. And again, to your point before, this is no longer Ted Thompson's draft. So there's somebody else that is manning the ship. So will they deviate from Ted Thompson's formula? and kind of chart their own course, or will they kind of go back to their old old ways? That's kind of the unknown here as we get ready for Thursday night. Yeah, and here's another thing. The Packers don't need a wide receiver. I mean, at least no. in my mind. I, I think they're solid, even though they lost Jordy Nelson. And if they want to get additional depth, they can pick up a wide receiver, Absolutely. you know, in the fourth, third, fourth round exactly. or whatever, okay? Yep. On the flip side of that, Kelvin Ridley is the consensus number one wide receiver, and, and he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't have the ideal size, but he makes things happen. Right. If he's on the board when the Packers pick, and the Packers believe he is the best player there, yeah, I'd be very, very tempted to pick him. Yeah. But again, I, I just don't see that being a pressing issue. It's not the way that the Packers have drafted in the past. So again, if it's the new GM charting his own course, we could see a wide receiver chosen of that caliber in the first round. But again, that's not been the way the Packers have drafted. For the record, I do want them to take Tremaine Edmonds. Remember that now. (laughs) So when this guy's picked in the third round. (laughs) But no, I've seen film of him. It's not like I analyzed him like, you know, the NFL scouts do. But he can play inside. He can play outside. He's a playmaker. 
And to me, the Packers need somebody that can make an impact on their defense. Clay Matthews isn't the answer anymore. They they got to yeah. move on. Yeah. And if you look uh, elsewhere, they they don't have those kind of dominating players. You know, the other part of that too, Gary, is that if you think about the Packers, have always drafted lower in the first. Correct. Round. You Correct. know, now they've got that fourteenth pick. What they've got to do is they've got to pick somebody at fourteen that's going to start. 14 to 16 games for them next year as a quality starter. They cannot afford to pick somebody that maybe is a two-year project. They've got to pick somebody that can get in there and start right away. So this is a real test for the new regime to see can they find that key person that can come in and start and be a difference maker. Bless you. <laughs> Must be allergic to the NFL draft. Yeah. You know what? I, I absolutely love the NFL drafts. I, I've followed these you know, ever since I was a kid. And I'm just amazed at the whole process and mm-hmm. how guys rise, how guys fall. Yeah. I guess what I'm really curious about this year, though, is the quarterback situation. I mean, we've had drafts in the past where there's been several quarterbacks picked in the first round. Yeah. But this year's draft, I mean, you can conceivably have, what, four or five quarterbacks I, in the upper half of the first round? Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I actually saw one mock draft that had four quarterbacks chosen in the first ten picks. Sure. And there were six quarterbacks taken in the first round. And to have six quarterbacks taken in the first round, the last time that happened, 1983. There were six of them. Wow. And that was when you had Elway, Kelly, and Marino. I remember the Marino. And Elway you know what? Sure. You know who the first quarterback was taken that year? Todd Blackledge at number <laughs> Penn, seven. Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't the best quarterback of, of all of them. But, do you have the other guys off the door? Do you have um, the other guys off the top of your head? I do not. Yeah. That, 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 there were six of that year, six right? Six of them that year. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all if there were six this year. There's going to be five, I would imagine, you know. Obviously, uh, Josh Rosen from UCLA, Sam Darnold of USC, Josh Allen from Wyoming, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, who, by the way, some very good sources told me is a big, big fan, or not a fan, but somebody that Mike McCarthy of the Packers would like. Oh, really? He's been very impressed with Mayfield, I I was told, during the uh, regular season. And then Lamar Jackson of Louisville. And the guy that kind of intrigues me, he's not getting a lot of pub and, and not many people know about him, is Mason Rudolph of Oklahoma State. Yeah. I think he's got a chance to uh, be a very good quarterback himself. Yeah. But And you know what? Again, part of choosing these quarterbacks in the first round, look at last year's draft. You had three quarterbacks taken in the first round. Right. You had M- Mitchell Trubisky for the Bears. Mm-hmm. You had Pat Mahomes with Kansas City. Right. And then you had Deshaun Watson of Houston. All three of them did start games. Now, Mahomes only started one game, but you know what? They got rid of Smith. Absolutely. So he's going to be starting. They, they must believe in him, right. obviously. So I think if any of these teams are looking for a franchise quarterback, they're going to look for one of these six guys that, that you just mentioned as going to be one of the, as the quarterback they're going to take that's going to turn their franchise around. And, and you know what? Everybody right now is wondering who are the Browns going to take with the number one pick. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go personally with – Josh Allen. That's my gut feeling. This guy's arm is incredible. I, I saw a video. This must have been about a month ago. Mm-hmm. He was standing on his own 20-yard line, right? Wound up and put the ball in the other end zone. Yeah. <laughs> 80 yards. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that is incredible. I mean, yeah. it's like 
how many guys can do that? But I think the quarterback who's going to be the best in the long run, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows right now, but my prediction is going to be Rosen from UCLA. I just think he re- he reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers, kind of a cerebral type, yeah. makes a precise throw, doesn't panic. Yeah. But again, all these guys. But could, you know what? The Browns have always figured out a way <laughs> to blow it. To screw it up. <laughs> so, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, so your prediction on who's going to be the number one pick, you got to call on that. I think they're going to pick a running back. With the number one pick? I think so. You think they're going to take Barkley? I think so. Wow. I could spend an hour talking about Barkley. I saw him play, though, against Northwestern this past season, right? Yeah. I was not impressed. I, I'm sorry. And, and, and they're making this guy out to be the next Hall of Fame running back. I mean, it's incredible the accolades and the, yeah. and the praises this guy is getting. I just didn't see it. I really didn't see it. And in fact, against Northwestern, I don't know if he had like 30 yards at halftime. Right. And all of a sudden, this is the franchise player, the guy that's going to, you know, take the Browns to the next level if they take him or whatever team takes him. Yeah. Honest, guys, there's one guy in this draft. I am really curious to see what happens in the years to come. It's Barkley. Because, I mean, you look at the combine, he was just dynamite. You know, just like he looked like a special player. But again, When I saw him, I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment I, on that. I just have this feeling that the, the Browns have become so enamored with him, they feel that they can't not pick him. And then take a quarterback with their second pick at number Very four. Very possibly, yeah. yeah because, and, because you've got six quarterbacks that, again, could go in that first round, so... It's possible that one of them could drop to the Browns very quickly. Sure. So Okay, circling back to the Packers real quickly. I said I would take Edmonds, okay? Mm-hmm. And if it means moving up, I'm all for it because they got a bunch of extra picks that they can use to parlay that into moving up a couple spots. Yeah. If they don't and they stay where they're at, I would take the offense tackle. It's not going to blow anybody away, but McClinchian, I think, is nice. Uh, Connor Williams would be okay. Again, it, it's all about number 12. I don't disagree with you, but again, if history tells us anything, the Packers go defensive in the first round, and I really think that that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to pick one of the, whoever is the best available playmaker, uh, a defensive end or an outside rusher. Right. I think that's what they're going to go with because, again, I think their philosophy is when it comes to offensive players – we can get them in the later rounds, and we can make them usable, serviceable, good quality players, you know, playing our, our brand of football in the later rounds. I don't think they feel that they have to go offensive in the first couple of rounds. That's just my opinion. And I respect your opinion. Well, that, that's hard to <laughs> so, believe. So, so it's got to be good stuff here. But, yeah, thanks for the insight, and uh, thanks for uh, doing some Stat checking there uh, in the past. Yeah. That, that was very interesting. And uh, thanks again for being part of the uh, podcast. And You're welcome. We'll see you next time. And thank you all for listening as well. Have a good one. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and Wuffle's Press Box.com.